Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we talk about filming, editing, motion design, colour grading, visual effects, VR, 3D, animation and so much more. Today, tonight, whenever you're listening, we're going to be talking about Adobe After Effects, Premiere Pro, Audition, Character Animator and so much more. We're going to be doing that with John Barry from Adobe. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Hey Blair, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Normally, I'd be chatting to you and you'd be somewhere in Australia or you'd be in the studio with me in New Zealand, but this time you're over at NAB in Las Vegas. That's right, I am. Uh, It is, well, it's end of the day for you, I guess, end of business day nearly, but it's nearly one o'clock in the morning here in Las Vegas. Uh, Yeah, I'm here getting ready for NAB show which is the major event of the year for Adobe and other broadcast-related video uh, vendors. So, uh, yeah. NAB, one of the milestone conferences of the year for video industry, up there with IVC and um, SIGGRAPH and things like that. But NAB has become basically the hallmark of everybody getting together and seeing the latest releases. And Adobe in recent years has been announcing these releases prior to NAB. So this release has been out for for a few days now that I'm talking to you on my Saturday night. And um, there's some really cool, cool updates in this release. Yeah, we uh, last year we managed to have the update come out just before NAB, and we've been able to do the same thing this time around as well, which is exciting because people usually come up to the booth and we showcase some things that are usually coming, and people would ask when is it available, and we usually can't give them a particular timeline. But as of last year and this year, we can say download it now. Oh, it's ready. It's available. Always a caveat. If you're mid-production, be careful about when you're going to update. Just, um, yeah, I, if it's a big release between, say, um, last year and this year, it's a completely different install, but just a caveat that this one, 2018, is an actual update. So you're, when you update, you're not going to have the prior version that you would have been working with most recently. Is that, That's right, John? Yeah, that's true. So because this is uh, 2018.1 update, it means it's a major update. So there's a a whole bunch of new features and there's also quite a few bug fixes in there too. Uh, But because of the major update, it's not a compatible version that goes back to 2018.0.1. Always good to um, just just know that everything's going to work for you and how you're set up when you're creating professional content. I'm always more cautious. I'm so eager to just get everybody into this one for a lot of good reasons, and we're going to cover them right now. We're going to jump straight into Adobe After Effects. Okay, I've loved After Effects since I was a student, and that was a long time ago, a long time. And this one... The master properties and the essential graphics, this is like, I'm really stoked with these features in this update alone. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, This has been a request a lot of people have had for quite a long time. So I think this is going to be one of those big um, jumps ahead that people will get excited 
about it's going to make such a impact um just a simple thing but such a big impact being able to have all the different uh, layers associated with the particular property that can change once and ripple through it's yeah. uh, very exciting the master properties basically you, you get to add layer properties into the essential graphics panel so then you can control them in your parent comps so a lot of you will be familiar with having um, pre-comps and if you wanted to modify that pre-comp in any way, you'd have to make a duplicate of it. Master Properties is just killer in that you can override the settings that you make available in the Master Properties. As an example, let's say you have a pre-comp with lots of vertical lines and uh, all five-point width in your main comp, you could have five versions of them and change them in color and width and rotation. And you get to choose if you actually prefer all of them to have one of those settings. You can basically push that back to your master pre-comp. It's, it's going to really get a lot of people thinking about how they work because I think that this is what's so significant about it. You can really rethink your old ways of working and setting up projects yeah totally like i said it's one of those small kind of things that actually has a huge impact don't have to do all these duplicates you want to make changes you can change it in one place and it, it just ripples through the entire comps so good um all the, the pre-comps yeah i'm really really looking forward to utilizing that and especially with the essential graphics panel updates because now we've got 2d position scale and rotation um What's significant about that before is that um, we didn't have two values available. So a lot of, say, the position, scale, rotation, things like that, we're having to do with some expressions. And now it just opens up the essential graphics to so many more people. I think that motion designers making these and then making taking them over to Premiere or even making motion graphics templates, the mo Mogits, I can never say it right. How do you, how do you say that one? <laughs> well, it's an abbreviated um, motion graphics templates. But I guess if you were to try to read it as a word, the extension is M-O-G-R-T-S, so Mogits. You can have those in Adobe Stock as well. Yeah, yeah. Adobe Stock uh, has also had a bit of a facelift as well as far as the interface to it goes. So from um, inside of Premiere Pro, the panel for the essential graphics, you can now also be searching the Adobe stock content from within that panel. So the stock content you're searching for is just the templates that are out there, these motion graphics templates. So from the Adobe stock integration in Premiere, you've got the search and browse for, say, HD or 4K footage from the libraries panel. But this is different in that you will find the motion graphics templates in the essential graphics. So you can look for those there. That's right. So it's more uh, sort of to the point. Yeah, the whole the whole interface where the browse sub-tab that sits inside of the essential graphics panel has actually had quite a bit of a facelift. You can add favorites as well. You can ask it to just go through particular libraries or the whole library. There's a tick box for the libraries now. Um, it's got a whole new look and feel 
which is quite refreshing actually. And yeah, the Adobe stock logo is there. So you just click on that logo, which is like another button that's underneath the browse sub tab. And then you've got your search bar and, and you can get in there and start to refine the search. But by just by clicking on that stock icon and the, the button that, that exists, you're automatically thrown into um, an entire listing of different templates that exist. And again, there's more tick boxes. So you can just tick a box and check out just the free content that's out there. And that way you don't need to search for free. You just tick a box and it just shows you the ones that are out there that are free. And if you really wanted to go for the next level of quality, uh, look for the premium stuff, then again, there's a, a tick box for that too. So that whole searchability and just the, the whole interface through Essential Graphics panel in Premiere to get access to these motion graphics templates that people have made out there that look great um, is just so much more easier to get to. Yeah, I think the favoriting is a key one because I'll, I'll be honest, I think that you find something that works and you know that it's good, you, you can you can favorite that star and then uh, you'll you probably mm -hmm. go back to it over and over and over because you know it just uh, works for how you want it to look. Yeah. Good point, good point. Something that's really quite key in this update for me, because I was looking at all ways of making this work for my team, was the ability to open the motion graphics templates back in After Effects, not just Premiere. This is pretty massive, and I can see this having some really big impacts on workflows in the future of how you share After Effects templates rather than just sharing files on hard drives. Yeah, it's... A, it's a a huge sort of generational upgrade. Um, what we brought out in 2017, late 2017 for the motion graphics templates was just that first step into what we knew we could continue to develop. And uh, yeah, you're kind of looking at a third generation of it in, yeah. in a way because we went from late 2017 into 2018 and now with this major update, it really is a, a third generation of the way that it functions. I mean, you mentioned just before that, that the tools for scale rotation and the 2D position, having those accessible now the way that they are now does make things just so much simpler and easier for people to create them. Um, and, yeah, being able to open them up and, and make um, changes to it as well it's just a another big step in the right direction yeah i'm really excited about implementing these into our workflows because we do create an aesthetic a style or even it's based off um, brand guidelines but it has to be modified in various ways so rather than repeat the process of making these projects over and over set up a template that gives you that flexibility whether you're in premiere or after effects and you're away laughing i think it's awesome can't wait to get it into the team something else in after effects that i thought a lot of people might overlook i actually think it's after effects hidden canon that people don't know that they have access to some and, it, and it's been there for a long time it's cinema 4d r19 is now available with after effects initially was r16 so this latest version that's released this year is now available to everyone through installing after effects if they want to use it 
yeah, motion graphics people um, is certainly going to be a big jump for them. Um, it's a couple versions of the tool from Maxon uh, that integrates into the Premiere workflow. Uh, sorry, the uh, After Effects workflow. Yeah, big jump forward. Nice to see that that upgrade. In After Effects, what else do you think is really interesting for everybody out there with the upgrades? I think there'll be quite a few people keen to play around with the new advanced animation um, puppet engine. Cool. Which, yeah, kind of allows you to create pins into objects that then has a mesh around it. So you can start to animate things like a flag waving. Um, there's other ways to manipulate things as well in order to create some movement. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. People might start playing with it. We'll see how people take advantage of that type of tool. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of it's new to the way that it works. I think that'll be something that's maybe a little bit under the radar, but once people start to discover it and play with it a bit more, I think uh, yeah. that'll, that'll come to light. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, I've used the Puppet Pin tool a lot for 2D animations and things in the past, and it did cause a little bit of um, grief just with the triangulation of the mesh that it created but now it's so much denser wherever you put a new pin it's just going to add more triangles in that area and it's so much smoother it really looks so good and smoother deformations but also the control of those deformations so you can basically um, slide that up and down so um, something like a character that needs a little bit more uh, fluid deformation in the limbs and things is going to be different to a flag and so you can literally dial that in and out and yeah and the starch pins again i have i literally had someone a couple weeks ago say how do i animate something and i was like well the puppet tool would be good but you really need to have it's it's going to cause some grief because you there was no control now you've got starch pins you can control say areas don't get animated they get stuck there and yeah, I think that for 2D animation that's just been booming in the last couple of years and After Effects, um, I think people are going to love it and really implement it in new projects. I think something else that people probably aren't too aware of as well is the head-mounted display mm. for VR is now available inside of After Effects as well. And there's compatibility on the Premiere Pro side that's, that sort of came in in the first release of 2018 and um since then there's been the windows mixed reality headsets that have come out from a couple different vendors out there and those have now become part of the uh, supported list of hardware as well so cool a bit of an upgrade there too and this is the first official um, release where what was Metal Skybox is now integrated into After Effects. So under the Effects tab, you've got a whole new section for immersive video and you've got some scripts in there as well to help with doing um, 360 video and VR projects. Yep. Something else that I thought was quite interesting is some of the real small things that people might not know about such as um, create nulls from past script. Like this is going to open up a lot of different animation opportunities from controlling nulls and paths and how they work. So a little thing, but I think quite powerful too. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of little bits and pieces that, um, that are in the 
upgrades um, across all the tools. But yeah, that, yeah, that's another one I think, especially for top, majority of the type of work that I know that your you and your team are doing with motion graphics is going to make a big big impact. Speed improvements as well. That's always awesome to see as so much more and more over time gets moved to the GPU for acceleration. Yeah, we've been talking about this for quite some time. Uh, it's good to see it continue to grow. The list of uh, functions and features that, that are being leaned onto the GPU. Uh, in this one, um, the multi-threading is also there for the noise effects. So, um, yeah, that, that's and denoise as well. So that's going to be a pretty big uh, improvement for quite a few people that are using those functions. Yeah, we continue to keep developing the software so the GPU is being used more and more and we keep hearing about speed being that sort of key thing that people want and this is uh, just further going down that road. I recently had um, the other members of my team come into the studio and record an episode and we were talking about um, After Effects and how I've been encouraging everybody to really embrace um, scripting and writing their own scripts. This update basically makes it so much easier for everybody to manipulate scripts without actually having to write any code now that pick whips are available for all properties. So before you'd be you'd be familiar if you're an After Effects user of parenting one layer to another. But now you can actually parent one property to another layer's property. So it might be that the opacity is linked to the scale. So things like this is gonna are gonna make it really interesting to see how people are using After Effects scripts without actually having to script anything. Yep. Yep. It's going to be interesting how people uh, come up with just creative ways of using this uh, this property uh, link pick whip to yeah combine different elements together and and get different types of results. I'm going to have links in the show notes to um, videos that Adobe have put out on these topics, and I'll have a list of some other things as well. There's so much that uh, is going on in this release, but I want to jump into Premiere because so, there's some really cool things happening in there as well. So, John, what would be your pick for Premiere? What's your favourite up- upgrade if you had to pick one? Well, I've never made it a secret that Premiere Pro is my favourite tool of choice. Um, and I think there's a couple of things that are going to have a, a really big impact. We already sort of touched on the motion graphic side with the yogurts changes um but i think for people doing a bit of color work you'll really see a lot of people happy to take advantage of the new shot comparison tool or color match which uh, has been long requested it used to exist in speed grade and it's finally made its way into premiere pro there's some similarities of the way that you can start to compare the two shots. And if you kind of take notice when you are in this mode, um, this comparison view mode, you can actually change the view of what you've got. So at the beginning, you have a, a left and right, two sides. And if you look at the scopes on the Lumetri scopes, you actually get two sets of scopes. It's shown as one, but you get the left side and the right side, and you get to see what the change looks like through the scopes, which is really interesting. 
And then the same thing if you change the view in the program panel and you start to scan um, an overlay between the left and right. So there's a little line that separates between what you're viewing your before and your after shot. Uh, and the same with the view where it goes from uh, top to bottom. And as you as you slide that view, that overlay view, you can actually see the, the changes over the Lumetri Scopes panel. Something that I've dearly missed having in the Adobe Workflow, because I was an avid user of SpeedGrad when it was um, available, having those comparison modes just really help when you're trying to basically align shots. But that match grade, I used to use that all the time when it was a speed grade. And so now um, the color matching is available in Premiere. I just know that it'll get used so much because quite often you'll have A cameras and then B cameras or just yep. the lighting's slightly different. Yeah, and so they can really get you somewhere really close and it's not baked in. You've still got Lumetri um, color grading overrides so yeah it just gets yep. you into that ballpark yeah there's something that um when i first started to go through how this worked i was excited to learn that when you are working with different camera types it's a really great way to get that baseline across different cameras that have different color spaces yeah so you can get everything set to the same sort of tones up front and then you can start to do your grade, the look, and using LUTs afterwards yep. as well. It's just a really quick way to get that kind of baseline in. But again, if you if you really wanted to go for a particular look, so say you've, you've gotten some footage from uh, Adobe Stock, let's say, and you really like the tones that are in there, and you're using your own material, and you realize mm, it's not... I'm just finding it's difficult for me to get that look. I'm not quite sure how to get it, especially if you're new. You're really going to be struggling. You look at scopes and they kind of don't make sense. Having this ability under the color wheels and match uh, option, which used to just be color wheels, uh, that function in there with apply match is just going to save so much time. Uh, and another thing I want to just point out is the tick box for face detection that's got to do with skin tones so that a is able to understand that there is a face in the shot and that you're trying to match skin tones more so than the overall tones and that way you've got a really good place to start from and if you need to make some tweaks you at least know your skin tones are in the right sort of space yeah, um, and that's something that's powered by Adobe Sensei, which is Adobe's AI, and that's coming into more and more as time goes on. We've taken a bit of a slow approach with AI. So we've actually been using artificial intelligence in order to do quite a few features over the years, and now it's got to a point where this is going to drive a lot more of this type of stuff that comes out yeah things things that we used to have before in photoshop for example is the oh what's it called the the fill automatic fill content aware content content aware fill thank you very much so content aware fill is analyzing the content with the computer and it's artificially intelligently figuring out what 
components can go in and then it does some super sampling over the tones as well and the edges to soften it and make it sort of smoothly go in. Yeah. Um, another thing that we've added into Premiere, which actually was in Audition, uh, the previous version of Audition, that uses Sensei as well is auto-ducking for audio. And for those of you who are not sure what auto-ducking is, basically you're able to assign music, so select the music clip, and then under the essential sound panel, you can tell it what kind of audio type it is, and then from a selection option inside of music, you're able to tell it what other types of audio it will take an interactivity approach to and start to automatically envelope down uh, when it's starting to interact with these other audio types, which is super helpful when you're doing vlogging or podcasting or things that have got tight turnaround and you don't have time to send it to audio and get that fine detail of just dropping the audio in the background so then the voice dialogue can take presence um very flexible very uh very cool and i think that's probably my second pick for what will be very very popular very muchly uh, talked about and uh utilized yeah totally agree i've done so many edits where you want the audio to just be balanced really quickly um and to try and do even a really rough mix can take a bit of time but with the auto ducking just getting that happening really quickly but it, being able to modify it really quickly so if it's a little bit too quiet then it's it's yeah it can just reassess it where you're lifting everything a little bit more in the music channel and I think because we're always doing the music mix we I'm lucky enough that we send it off to audio facilities but when you're showing an edit you don't want things to be really poorly mixed because everybody's like oh I'm not sure why it's not right because they maybe they can't articulate that the that the mix is really wrong so the faster you can get those things sorted so that they're not a pain point and then you can focus on what you're really wanting to do but if mm. you are doing the mix something that's really cool about um, an audition update is actually you can import Premiere Pro projects directly into audition now too that's right uh, that is a very exciting first step uh, into continuing this focus on audio for Adobe uh, in the tools that, that we use day in, day out. Um, and, yeah, we're just we're giving a bit more focus to our audio functionalities, obviously within Premiere Pro, but then when you want to take it to finish, uh, we're trying to make it so then you don't need an exchange format um, in order to go from Premiere to Audition. You just now open the project inside of Audition. Um, that's sort of where the integration is in this release. You get to open it. Uh, you don't get to save it and have it all update inside of Premiere Pro again. But being able to just open it up without having to do any kind of um, send to where it is creating new versions of the audio with handles. It's literally able to open the original source files and the original audio files that are associated 
to the vision files that are, that are there as well. So that in itself is kind of a, a really nice step in what I hope will become a bit more of a, a more fleshed out direction that we're going in as well. Cool. I guess we'll see, we'll see how people react to it and take it from there. Awesome. So just to finish up on Premiere with a couple of other little things, um, it might seem little, but for some people, this is pretty massive, and that's the time code panel. I know that some people have – that's going to be really important for them, especially when they're doing broadcast outputs with different time codes for different regions and things like that. So, yeah, a, a very small thing, but quite a big, impactful one for some. Yeah, we – have had for quite some time the um, like a panel that was the time code, but it was just the time code for the sequence itself. Whereas this new uh, time code panel, it has the overall duration and it has the absolute time code as well as the source time code. So if you do have content that is in the project that is mixed frame rates, you're still able to see the original source time code from any of these files that, that are running perhaps in different frame rates while you're in the sequence. So that is that is a pretty big step forward and that's something that we heard a lot of other editors that were using other tools out there ask for and, um, yeah, once we sort of understood where that fit into the workflow, it uh, made its way into this release which is, awesome. again, it's just another one of those ways of being able to monitor in detail what's actually happening. Anything else in Premiere that you wanted to sort of touch on before we uh, have a look over at Audition more? Yeah, sure. Um, so there is a couple more formats that we've added support for, um, one of which is the RAW Sony X Oxen uh, or the Venice format from Sony. And we've also got two more, the Canon Cinema Raw Light format from the C200. I was at a customer just a couple of weeks ago where they were using that and they were begging me to get this put in as soon as possible. I couldn't tell them that it had already been put in and that they should wait just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to kind of say, look, we've heard about it. There's something, there's something in the works. It shouldn't be too much longer, um, but we are aware of it. And, uh, yeah, they were very excited uh, the other day when they saw the updates and saw awesome. that it was, was in there. And then the, the third one is um, the new red color uh, format as well, the IPP2. That, is, uh, that has also been added in. And we've been hearing over the last 24 hours or so and seeing a lot of excitement around the new ProRes RAW format. Yeah. It is not in the update at this point, but it is certainly taken front row seat in our awareness. So, yeah. yeah, it's not there today. It's not there straight away, but we've always been pretty responsive to these sorts of formats. It was not something that we were fully aware of. So um, we'll get on it, but uh, yeah, these other three formats are welcome additions. Awesome. It must be so hard for you because you are so connected to everybody in the industry and the community. You're sitting on all these updates to not be able to tell them. It must really get to you at times. It's a mixed, <laughs> it's full of mixed emotions. In some ways, it's like, oh, I could help you now. I know you're going through pain and I can help. It's there. 
yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to just keep people calm and just uh, just know that something will come and then when it does, they will be happy. Yeah. Um, but that's part of my job is to get that feedback from people and really champion these types of features and functions, what people's pain points are, and, and that's how we've been developing Premiere Pro probably most noticeably over the last five or six years has really been from this direct feedback that we get from our customers. And I'm not, I'm not really sure there's many other vendors out there that have that kind of design into the way that the end users have a relationship with the vendor that goes directly into the product development. And, um, yeah, I think we're, we're sort of doing the right thing by doing it that way. I, I hope that that resonates too those people out there that are using the tools. Uh, yeah, I've said this on the show before that I definitely feel that Adobe are out there, they're visible, they're listening, they're active, and that is felt and really respected, I think, from the industry. Because in, when you're a professional that are working with tight budgets and fast turnarounds, um, not knowing what's happening in the future, um, it's hard enough just to do the work, but to feel like you are talking in a void that's even more frustrating. So to have people out in the industry who reflect the the company, such as yourself or Adobe, that, that really makes a huge difference to us who are on the tools. Cool. Good. Great. Glad to hear glad to hear it's uh you're agreeing that it's on the right track. I'll it's, make sure I tell my manager so uh you know, we end up <laughs> we end up continuing to go down this road for many uh many more years ahead sweet man okay um i'm gonna go to i'm really conscious that it's late for you and i'm so appreciative of your time so i want to go to audition so that you can get some some sleep mate so what 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 would you like to sort of discuss in audition what would be your things well with audition um the team that focus on audio they really were hearing back from the community that were starting to use Audition through sheer uh, interest, uh, coming from another door, another audio workstation tool. And we had some issues around performance. So this particular version was about optimizing a lot of the performance and being able to strip away anything that was unnecessary uh, from view that helped people narrow in on what they needed to be focusing in on. So the multi-track mixing the panels for it, you're able to now turn off certain layers. So you can just minimize what's being seen. There's been some optimization in the code as well. So then the performance is a lot a lot better, like noticeably um, faster to move around the projects that you are working on in there. And that's something we're going to keep keep working on. So the more we hear about what people's experience is and kind of what the next the next thing the next sort of thing will be, it really helps to prioritize a pretty extensive uh, go-to list that the team are working towards achieving. Again, just that whole feedback loop, it's something that's really important to us in audition is is getting a lot of that love and focus that we started to put into Premiere Pro some time ago. Um, we've got some pretty big goals with what we want to do with Audition. On that note, 
there is a, a place that people can go to put forward what they would like from the software that they use and it can be voted up by others as well in the industry. Yeah, so it's part of the um, feature requests bug report form, which is a public-facing web page that we've had for many years, many, many years. Um, and, yeah, it does go on a list and there are certain people within the business that will get live updates of those particular requests and uh, it does make a difference to the to the way that the products uh, get developed so we've already got a lot of things that we would, like, would love to achieve time is not always on our side um, but it does have some influence from the community out there so if you are not familiar with the web link i'm sure you've already posted it elsewhere before but you probably post it again for those listening it is adobe.com forward slash products forward slash wishform.html and uh you go through and, and select the product and then follow the rest of the um the prompts through the process awesome awesome yeah because i was looking at the adobe dash video dot Uh and that has um, the ability to put forward what you would like and then people can vote for it so almost like a a reddit style voting system which i thought was quite interesting and i only just stumbled across it this week because tom heathrow looking to get support for hap codec Uh so yeah i hadn't come across that so yeah i thought that was quite interesting way of um that is interesting see i didn't even know about that one cool what one is that again it's adobe dash Dash video yeah dot user voice video dot user voice dot com thanks tom i hadn't seen it either i thought this must be the new way of doing it yeah right okay very interesting I was very cool. I, will, uh, I, I did I'm, think um, it would be interesting now that you know the panels are, um, HTML based, having this kind of thing available inside of um, Premiere and After Effects natively. I could see it being a, a real t- a time waster where people were like spending more time voting for their features than actually doing work. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it gets to the point where they can do more work later, I guess it's <laughs> time well spent. True. True. Um, yeah, no, this is a good one. Thanks for um, mentioning it because yeah, I wasn't I wasn't fully aware of it myself. Sweet, yeah. we'll we'll have right. links to both of those in the show notes. Um, I'm doing the show notes this week because I want to turn this episode around really, really fast. So um, because these topics are so um, topical right now. So um, normally Matt Lloyd does them and love them to bits, but I'm not going to make him uh, do these on his Sunday. Um, I'm going to do that. So we'll have all the links in the show notes for everything that we're talking about. And if we don't, you can blame me. Um, okay, back to audition. Sorry, bit of a sidetrack there, bro. Um, no <laughs> so um, the speed upgrades to audition, I've been using a lot since podcasting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm really looking forward to those. So anything in that arena is making me really happy. So looking forward to using all that. But I thought it was quite interesting for um, doing video work is the clip spotting, where a video previews and audition update in real time when new clips are added, moved, or trimmed. 
So, you know, this is like frame accurate. So th this, this is going to really help people who are sort of um, really trying to get those sound effects bang on those frames. Yep. Um, that's something that we, uh, we were getting a lot of feedback for as well was just that performance of being able to make adjustments um, while it was playing back and it just the whole thing just didn't quite work as smoothly as people were wanting. Um, yeah. yeah, so this is one of those little things that makes a big difference to people using the tool. And I'm glad that you're going to be someone who uh, who can who can take and make an appreciation towards that going in. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at how much um, more we're doing with every project. I just think um, the skills expand more and more and more. So as an editor, motion designer. Uh, I've done quite a few projects recently where I am finding those sound effects. Like I said before, I'm not doing the final mix, but I am trying to enhance it. So all of these tools are just going to make the whole process more streamlined. So yeah, awesome. Can't wait to dig into it. I'm really aware that it's quite late and um, there's some major updates to Adobe Character Animator as well. Quite significant stuff, but I really don't I'll put all those in the show notes as well and links to the videos that are available on YouTube. Just a couple more little things in Premiere. Um, cool, man. That I think is going to be pretty pretty exciting for people. So performance has been a, a big sort of topic um, for quite some time. One thing that we were conscious of um, in performance was not just within work, doing the work, but at the export stage. And yep. so we've now got um, hardware accelerated um, H.264 decoding and, and HEVC decoding as well um, when you've got a graphics card that's compatible with that. And the turnaround times are uh, so much more faster than they used to be. If you haven't yet tried it, um, go and try it and get a sense of the speed increases yourself, um, any of the listeners out there. But we're very conscious that there are a lot of people out there that were mentioning that there were other tools out there that were much faster at doing those exports. And so we focused in on how we can make that faster. And um, we've been able to make some pretty big improvements cool. in that particular realm. I wasn't aware of that one. So this is from Premiere rather than going through Adobe Media Encoder when you're exporting to H.264? Same, same. Cool. So it's using the same engine to do the, the task and the way that it's able to deal with the, um, the H.264 decode, you'll notice it. it's much faster. So if you're using the default presets that come with it, uh, you'll see that there's probably one that most people use is the high-quality high setting. And if you just, just play with that one and use that, you'll see the huge increase in speed. Sweet. Awesome. Really keen to check out that. Yeah. And one other thing um, just before we uh, wrap it up there is we have had a video limiter effect in the tool for quite some time, but it actually wasn't always doing all the right things. So that has been rebuilt and it is now going to be completely compliant across the board. And it's uh, awesome. It's yeah, it's a it's a big deal. We used to have some customers need to go to third party 
providers for video limiting in order to keep it within broadcast safe ranges. But in this release, we've we've provided a, a rebuilt version of our own one, which is now right on the money. Wicked, and that's um you can have that on as you're working or when you're exporting as well. So you've got a bit yep. of choice there. Um, that's right. So at the export step, there is a tick box that you can have under the effects tab in the export settings. And there's a couple of uh, options in there with the, the different types of IRE format that you know you need to be compliant with. Yeah. And it is now working uh, working the way that it should be. Sweet. There's a new effect as well in After Effects for Video Limited too. Um, while we're sort of talking about small other things, Interesting that you can now, from After Effects, render GIFs through Adobe Media Encoder. So doing GIFs out of Encoder is a, is a handy thing. Yep. Yeah, the GIFs thing, um, that actually used to be something that was in there some time ago. Oh, and really? We ended, up, uh, we ended up taking it out because it just the format kind of went away and no one was really using them anymore. But with the emergence and the sort of the the deep use of social media, it's found its way back. And uh, so we brought it back into the tools. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Everyone loves a good meme, bro. <laughs> True. And I have to admit on social media, I'm using these little animated GIFs more and more these days myself. I'm, I'm slightly ashamed to admit that uh, <laughs> they're fun. They're funny. Yeah, totally, totally. Um yeah, there was um, another thing with um, those who are in After Effects in the timeline, when you shy layers, which basically means you're hiding them from view, there's a little indication now, which is like this um, dark, bold line, that there is some hidden layers. So little things like that just give you give you a bit more insight because I've jumped into other people's projects and gone, what's going on here? There's a lot more in this comp than I'm seeing in the timeline. And then you're going, oh, of course, I've hidden layers. So that'll help a lot of people sort of just figure out what's going on. Um, but another one is um, in the preferences, you can now set center anchor point for shape layers. And what that means is when you create yeah. a shape, it'll automatically go to the center for that shape, which is a small thing again, but oh, the, the amount of times that you move that anchor point. Yeah, that's something that I personally used to run into. And uh, I'm so happy that that's in because, yeah, I'd make, be making shapes or generating shapes from uh, a vector file yeah. um, and then breaking that up into different layers in there. And, uh, yeah, I'd want to scale it or something and it wouldn't scale from the right point. Yeah, I'd be sitting there sort of scratching my head and having to make adjustments. And, yeah, it's great that it's, it's now coming yeah, from the center point. Sweet, man. Well, um, is there anything else that you wanted to sort of point out to everybody? Well, there's so much There's so much in, in this release. Um, we aren't able to go over all of it, um, but rest assured there's a bunch of bug fixes as well. If you do a search online, you'll find the pages that have all that information. Um, Adobe's pretty upfront when it comes to this sort of information. We'd like people to know that, that there are certain fixes in place as well as the new features. They are on different pages, but they're certainly out there. And, um, yeah, just keep doing your research. Keep uh, keep the feedback coming through. Um, we all just want to make sure our customers are happy customers and that we're, we're working in a partnership 
on the development. And uh, if there's any issues, we certainly want to hear about them. We don't want people to suffer in silence. Yeah, sweet. Good point, good point. It's, it's hard for people to speak up and uh, reach out, but do. And I'm sort of saying this to you listening out there for the show as well. If you've enjoyed this show or other ones, please reach out or share it on social media. really appreciate you doing that. Get it out there. I'd love for you to share this on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media you'd like to so that others can uh, listen in as well. So if you could do that for me, I'd be really grateful. So, John, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, bro. No worries. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, we'll be doing lots more in the future. I promise next time it'll be in business hours and maybe with um, a cup of coffee or something. So sorry that I've uh, kept you up so late, bro. That's all right. Um, I do plan on coming out to New Zealand um, soon. Wicked. So um, people keep your ears open. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll let you know when I'm coming out and then maybe you can put that into one of your podcasts or part cool. of your social media feeds and things like that because um, yeah. I do want to have a, a user group uh, catch up uh, as well and, and kind of encapsulate a lot of what's been going on at NAB and this release Cool. As well, so it should be um, should be pretty exciting to come out and showcase all this stuff. All right, well, everybody in um, New Zealand, you've heard that, so uh, we're going to do a little bit of a catch up and a bit of a user group thing, and um, catch up with JB. It'll be awesome to see you in, in the flesh, my friend. Yeah, be good to to come back out. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. As I said, I'd love for you to share this on social media, but also join us on the Facebook group or the Slack group or follow on Twitter. Really appreciate that. And we've got a Facebook page. If you like that, that'd be wicked. Yeah, any one of those things would make me really, really happy. Anyway, thanks for listening and have a good week. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review on iTunes.